0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we're continuing our 10-question series as we continue to look ahead at the draft, recording this on April 22nd. People, the draft is finally almost here, and that will get us finally to the true fantasy football offseason. It's fun looking at these prospects. I enjoy free agency, too, but let's get these rosters set. We can move on. Find this year's Chris Herndon bus. Find this year's A.J. Brown (laughs) boom. Uh, A lot of good stuff there. Again, very special guest today. He is director of content over at PFF, co-host of the pff forecast george taruri you can find on twitter at pff underscore george george happy uh you know pre-draft thanks for the time brother
1: you know it's funny you mentioned the the booms and the busts. i legitimately won a fantasy league because of jalen hurts last year so personally i'm looking for the next uh the next quarterback we'll probably talk about that here in a second i do have to say though i have to set the mood i'm on your podcast (laughs) okay so i have here the world's largest scented candle oh my this is goodness. legitimately Whoa! it's like in a, it's a hewn into like a a tree okay and uh you know i don't light this bad boy up that often um special occasion candle let's go special occasion you know <laughs> so we got to set the mood here so i've got my enormous candle ready maybe we'll we'll name it uh we'll name it justin after <laughs> the next uh, quarterback rookie quarterback that i'll have and uh and we'll go from there This is a candle-friendly podcast, as everyone knows. And don't be surprised if we get some PFF Lily
0: candles on the marketplace as early as 2022. Just a little tease right there, they might call it, in the business. Fantastic stuff, George. And, yes, we will be looking at all things quarterbacks coming in here. And let's get started on that because, first off, man, it is draft prop season. Like, that's the thing. You want to make money. You want to have fun, you know, watching the draft as well. But you and Mr. Eric Eager have already put down a pretty penny on Justin Fields going on number three of the 49ers. I, last time I saw the odds, Fields was at plus one hundred and sixty. Where did you get him, and how are you feeling about that bet as it stands today?
1: Yes, um, so we we started the Justin Fields number three overall syndicate when Justin Fields was plus two hundred and fifty. Ooh, and um, so I, I, you know, so right now looking at DraftKings sports book, Mac Jones plus one hundred and fifty, Fields is as you said plus one hundred and sixty, and Trey Lance is plus three hundred and fifty. I feel, I feel fine. Okay. I didn't want to get too high when Justin Fields became the favorite after his pro day. Um, I don't want to feel too low that it swung back into Mac Jones favoritism. You know, still I, I still own 250 and I, I feel good about that. I still got great value. I don't think Justin Fields is getting back to plus 250 unless something leaks like right before the draft. Um, so here's the thing. Everyone knows uh, that watches my podcast and everyone that's watching this podcast should know that I'm invested in the 49ers success. But even if it wasn't the 49ers, I would be stunned. And I think this is the thing that makes me feel confident in at least getting value with Fields, is if it wasn't the 49ers at three, there's no way in hell Mac Jones would be the favorite. If you look at, for example, the Atlanta Falcons, who have a a great offensive mind in Arthur Smith, no one is talking about them taking Mac Jones if he falls. Everyone is talking about, well, if Justin Fields or Trey Lance falls, would they take him? So I still feel pretty good. Uh, Nervous, but good.
0: I think he should, man. But the one thing I don't get here, like if the 49ers had the number three pick this whole time and, you know, they're trying to spark up interest, maybe someone else come up and mm-hmm. no one is, saying it is what they're thinking. That'd be one thing. But for them to trade up for this pick and then to get all this smoke about Mac Jones coming, like that's the confusing part to me because I don't think they made this trade without already knowing who they were going to take. And we can look at Justin Fields' second pro day and, you know, analyze how his feet are lined up and how, mm-hmm. you know, Shanahan changed out Matt Ryan. I get that all. But, you know, at some point when there's smoke, there is fire. And I just don't see why the
1: 49ers would have this smoke going out unless there was some truth behind it. Do you, do you think, though, like what we know about John Lynch is he's not a guy that sends smoke out. So yeah. like there's nothing else to talk about. I don't believe unless you are literally listening to John Lynch in his heart when he's praying before bed. Like I don't even think his wife, I don't know if he's married or not. I don't think his wife <laughs> sleep, sleeping next to him knows who, who John Lynch wants to take. That's the type of secrecy that I believe that he has with the Niners. So I, I think the market should be much more flat. And we'll yeah. talk about some of my favorites a little later. May, may or may not come back to this pick. The syndicate <laughs> may be moving in other directions here, Ian. And for the record,
0: I am fully on the Justin Fields. Please go number three. I'm shocked. Uh, bear I'm oh, shocked. yeah, you know, just shocker there. Fun photo <laughs> I saw on the old Twitter sphere this week from Jay Moore at Jay Moyer, uh, FB on Twitter. He basically said, if Mac Jones doesn't master the cognitive side like a Brady Breeze Manning, he busts. If Fields does, he's a top three QB. That really is what it comes down to with this. people. Like Fields is an objectively more complete, better prospect. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan and Lynch, they know a little bit more about football than us. So maybe they still have a plan with Mac Jones. But as you uh, brilliantly brought up, George, Every other team. Like, we're not talking about them taking Mac Jones. We're talking about these other guys. So, again, we're all all expecting three QBs to go off the board, picks one through three. Things get a little more interesting with the Falcons at four, Mm -hmm. Bengals at five. We got Kyle. And I'm looking at the uh, DraftKings, like, odds to go in the top five. We got Kyle Pitts at minus 150. Jamar Chase, minus 125. Trey Lance, minus 110. Mac Jones, minus 400. Fields, minus 200. More, I guess, like – we feel more sure about the, this top five, I guess, than we have in recent memories. We're t- tentatively not expecting a Cleveland Farrell situation to be coming up. Do you <laughs> see any potential surprises here? Or does this kind of allotment of five, six players make sense to you?
1: Yeah. And, and interestingly, uh, Cleveland Farrell, last Clemson player to go in the top four. We're not talking enough about whether we can trust Trevor Lawrence, because when we've seen <laughs> Clemson players go in the top four, they haven't. No, just I'm just a uh, huge sample on. size, man. You know, yeah. you got to do um, it. I'm poking fun at the Ohio State quarterbacks are bad narrative, which, you know, it's just everything with Kyle, Justin no, Fields. No anyway, one seems
0: to bring up that uh, Alabama point, even though we've had such a long, you know, history of Alabama right. quarterbacks.
1: Exactly. Anyway, we could talk about that. We do a whole yeah. 10 questions <laughs> on that. To your point on the top five, I, look, Mac Jones minus 400, I think is, is just a horrible value. Um, you know, if you're, if you're taking Justin Fields at minus 200, I would rather take his prop. Um, you get, uh, I think it's four and a half um, or, you know, I'm looking at DraftKings right now. I'm not sure it's actually up anymore, but you can find it in places at four and a half. If I, if I had to bet one of these, I think it would be Kyle Pitts minus 150. And um, the reason for that is I think even if he, even if Atlanta, I think Atlanta is going to take him, but even if Atlanta doesn't take him, I do think that the Bengals are at least on the side of, offensive weapon and it would be hard for them to pass up on Kyle Pitts so I think that's the one that I would go with um Panay Sewell minus 125 I don't think any of the more the longer shots like Micah Parsons plus 700 he's just not going top five I you know he's not nearly that good of a defender not a Chase Young type player so those are the two that I would go with there
0: yeah, again, no real screaming value here. I wish I had a long shot. I just think it'd be a little bit irresponsible. Love the Kyle Pitts the Falcons and Bengals situation, honestly. I mean, yeah. in fantasy land, putting Kyle Pitts in that Bengals offense, giving him all those targets that CJ Uzoma had before he got hurt last year, that'd be great. And I think it'd benefit T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd a little bit more than having Joey Burroughs ex BFF back in the swing of things. So, one quarterback we haven't talked a ton about, Trey Lance, has some fun draft specials on his specific landing spot. We got the Broncos, a plus 200, 49. 49- Plus 350 patriots plus 400 falcons plus 500 washington football team of plus 800 now i had our boy anthony triash on this podcast last week he sees lance going to washington he's buying those rumors i know they didn't go to his pro day but george plus 800 that's pretty intriguing
1: and it's also in fact i'm looking at uh looking at it right now and the panther so the panthers plus 1100 are also interesting to me um Bears plus twelve hundred. Yeah. Here's here's the interesting thing about the Washington football team because I have bet the Washington football team to win the division at three to one, and they have look at their quarterbacks. Okay, they they Taylor Heineke on there. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick. What do we know about Ryan Fitzpatrick? He is the ultimate bridge. Okay, he's the ultimate bridge quarterback. He's a quarterback that you feel okay. Okay, we can start this guy, and we can you, we can be patient with a quarterback. We also know that the sole owner of the Washington football team is Dan Snyder. And um, I, I just think Dan Snyder might look at this team and go, why don't we have a quarterback with a chance to be great? If we do, this team could very well be the best team in the division by, by a decent margin, right? Like the Dallas Cowboys have a ton of holes. So if Trey Lance, if he doesn't go to the Niners, he, skip, he slips out of the top six, and then you have some teams who are sitting there. Maybe they're not sold. It allows Washington to maybe move, actually move up. So I love eight to one. If Lance falls to the Panthers, I really think the Panthers need to take a look in the mirror and be like, hey, <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a quarterback here. So I like that long shot as well. Um, and the Bears are kind of interesting too at 12 to one. Um, I, I like Trey Lance's like the dart throw as opposed to Mac Jones. So I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Trash on that one. I like eight, eight to one. Yeah, I mean,
0: there are three teams, you know, Washington, Carolina, and the Bears that we know are in the market for quarterbacks, whether or not they specifically end up with Lance. But those odds, the odd disparity between them and I think the guys at the top don't make a lot of sense. I mean, the Broncos yeah. are probably going to have to trade up for them if they want them. Why are they only plus 200 if Washington is all the way? You're getting four times better odds on it. So we'll see, man. If Do you think Trey Lance would be the QB to fall if one is going to? I mean – on the one hand, he's got all the physical tools we could ask for, so I wouldn't think so. But we do have, you know, him with Zach Wilson. We know Wilson's going too. But there just isn't that much high-level film. At some point, that has to matter.
1: I cannot believe that we are having a conversation of who will fall. Uniquely talented athlete at quarterback one in Justin Fields, uniquely talented athlete quarterback <laughs> number two in Trey Lance, or Mac Jones. Not who, Jones. I'm not, I'm not going to fat shame anyone on this hollowed, hollowed ground here, but like, (laughs) come on, man. I mean, he was throwing to wide open receivers left and right behind the best offensive line in football. And he did so really well. Congratulations. Okay. But to compare him and say, he's not the guy that's going to fall. I would say that Mac Jones is the guy that, that has the best chance of falling because I really do think it's the Niners taking him or else, because if you look at, The reason people are talking about Jones for the Niners is because Kyle Shanahan has proven that he can do it with mediocre quarterbacks. I have not seen another team where people feel confident they can do it with mediocre quarterbacks. I don't think there's another team that would even think that way. (laughs) So um, I, I think the Broncos at plus 200 for, for Lance, by the way, is, is a ridiculously high price. Like, I don't even know if, if he falls to nine, we don't know if they take him, you know? Um, And I could see the Broncos being in a position where if he gets to nine, you know, maybe there are teams that are willing to trade up, and they decide to move back. I, their irrational confidence in Locke is kind of strange, but I I have to believe based on the the talent with these quarterbacks that Mac Jones is the one that would fall. But um, the NFL is weird, man. Bama got Mac Jones, but who's to say the NFL
0: team won't get Michael McCorkle Jones? I mean, it's just you know one of these leaps of faith we're gonna have to make. But with that said, I mean, I think we'd all be surprised if Mac Jones falls out of the first round. We have our five QBs that we think will go over under four QBs drafted is five and a half minus 560 lean on the under plus 390 on the over. So we got Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, Davis Mills, even Jamie Newman. Like, do any of these guys strike you as someone that could like rise up and go in these final five picks to get us on that over? Or do you just think these guys are basically like set in stone as day two, day three quarterbacks?
1: Yeah. And you look at, you can bet some of these guys to go by round. And I think most of them start in round three at plus 200 ish. So I think the second round is the place here. Here's the way that I would think about it is the teams that you would say, okay, they might take a quarterback. They might take one of these quarterbacks and you look at, I think the Steelers are interesting. I think the, um, the the saints are interesting. And I think those teams will look at it and go, who else is going to take one of these guys? You know, and they'll go, why don't we why don't we take one of the better skill position players, see how much of a run we can make in large part, because I think those teams have coaches that aim to be competitive. And so I see those guys falling into the second round. If one was going to go, my guess would be a team that's like super high on Kellen Mond, similarly to the Jordan Love kind of Mm -hmm. uh, thing. But I'll say this, one of the reasons I don't think a team will do that is because of what blowback the Packers had for going and getting love to back up a legend in, uh, in Aaron Rodgers. So no, I'm not buying any of those guys. I think that the numbers are pretty spot on here. I don't see six going
0: yeah as much as the Steelers you know could probably use another high-end quarterback for the immediate future after this season I mean Big Ben already throws enough of a hissy fit every time they take one in round two or three I can't imagine what would happen if they took one in round one so yeah I'm with you and I saw those you know by round value I didn't see any of those you know specific spots that I liked all that much either between these guys though is there one you know just again non-top-five quarterback that if you had to hang your hat on and bet on succeeding before in their landing spot that you feel especially good about
1: Yeah, you know, for me, my belief is that with a lot of these guys going in the later rounds, it's about getting lucky on the situation. Because if you're not one of these top talent guys, it's all about your like work ethic, right, and your ability to just give whatever you know, go the hundred and ten percent that you need to to put yourself in a position to eventually start. And so, you know, you're kind of making a guess there. I personally would would maybe lean kellen mond there okay. if he played in a more pro style offense with in texas a&m with jimbo fisher he had a really crappy supporting cast so like the fact that he made it through the season i think is is you know impressive he improved his completion percentage all three seasons um he's got a little bit of that athleticism that you would look for that gives you a higher floor so if i had to hang my hat on one agnostic of what you know where they went it'd be Kellen Mond and like I would love to see him end up in in Pittsburgh or something you know a place that would could really use a guy being Ben is so immobile now but remember when he was mobile that you know 15 years ago like that was fun um so that would be that would be the guy in the place
0: I don't know, man, you bring up come on. And I hear the Cincy police uh, coming to get you in yes. the background.
1: So be careful. It's, it's a dangerous world out here. I'm like two <laughs> blocks from the stadium and we have this main drag here. It's one of the funniest things. They legitimately have bike races out here and um, I've never joined. I'm tempted, you know, cause I ride a bike to work. It's, they are on motorcycles, but you know, I've been putting in the work. <laughs> just ride up next to him one day and see yeah, what happens if I were you know I don't know what the odds of me surviving that interaction would be, <laughs> but I would think that they would get a good laugh out of it and um, it, it would be funny if and I had anyone to record the video I'd, I'd try and make a viral video
0: if you do survive you know you have a good story you got to consider yes. these things uh sometimes. maybe I'll
1: get Austin I'll get Austin Gale to record me I'll just roll <laughs> up in my bike come up alongside him just give him a wink <laughs> and, and we'll see how it goes.
0: The important notes we need in draft season. Only last uh, point I make about these QBs that Jamie Newman has been someone intriguing to me lately. He mm-hmm. was at wake forest, you know, pretty dynamic dual threat guy, averaged 46 rushing yards per game awake transferred to Georgia was about to get to play a season under Todd Munkin, but unfortunately he had to opt out due to COVID. So someone that people are saying, you know, with a good season in 2020, he could have potentially leaped into that upper tier. We will see again, you know, all this is so landing spot dependent. I don't want to go out too far on a limb at the moment, Keep an eye on where Newman eventually lands. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break to pay some bills. Masvidal and Usman put on a show the last time they stepped into the octagon. That's very kind of you, DraftKings. But in reality, Usman absolutely dominated Masvidal <laughs> from uh, bell to bell. Round two is sure to pack a punch. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with twenty-six to one odds on either title contender to reign victorious. All right, everyone. Usman is like minus four hundred. Bet on Usman. Do not bet on Masvidal. Just bet five dollars <laughs> on. Us- Usman to win. And if they walk out with the belt, you will win $130 in cash. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. So please download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code pff and you sign up to turn five dollars into $130 if the Uzman Wins Again, not Maz at all. Place your bet. Watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code PFFs turn $5 into $130 if the fighter of your choosing takes on the crown. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. George, let's talk about PFF's favorite position, running yes. back. Travis Etienne, you know, it's funny we've been talking about it. we got our draft show coming up, pff.com make sure you all check that out next Thursday through Sunday, And you know, just kind of some of the preliminary meetings, you know, talking about what if someone drafts an RB round one well, you know, instead of just zooming in on you guys and how terrible what pick it was and how much we all hate it, send it over to the fantasy side of things yes. we'll be happy to see some guaranteed opportunities, so kicking things off with Travis Etienne, right now it's over under 34 and a half, so they're not exactly seeing him making it too far into round two, do you have any gut feel on this and then there's general thoughts on travis Etienne, where i'm afraid to go too far on the i'm not backing Etienne train because if he goes to pittsburgh atlanta the jets or the 49ers he doesn't need to be great and he'll still have enough opportunity to put up numbers but man george he did not look like the same guy in 2020 that he did 2017 and 2019
1: he really didn't and he man he didn't look super explosive at his pro day either um neither did javante williams who's our you look at the PFF draft guide, um, Javante Williams, our number one guy, I'm actually looking at PFF big board right now, but both of them have the same information at PFF.com. I, I've been on the Javante Williams bus for a while and he's now our number one running back. He was our highest graded running back last year. He's also the youngest of these three, Najee nice. Harris, 23, Travis Etienne, 22, Javante Williams, a shade under 21. Um, so look, Javante would be the guy that I take first and, But looking at the NFL, I do think there's something about you know the pedigree of these guys that matters. If I had to bet, I would say Travis Etienne goes under 34 and a half. I think there are two teams that will take a running back in round one. Um, I'd bet the over prop there. I think it's a it's a half. I can't remember the exact price there. It's um, it's minus like 150 or something like that. I think. Um, And look, Najee Harris ran behind the best offensive line in football. Clemson was fine, but they weren't anywhere close to that. Um, I think Etienne is is being maybe not discredited, but not credited enough for his pass-catching ability. He goes to a place like Pittsburgh. I think it's kind of the perfect... People have said, like, who's the next Le'Veon Bell? To me, like, Travis Etienne makes a ton of sense there. It's not, like, blazing speed, but he's super slippery. He was a huge home run threat uh, in 2019. You know, maybe he suffered some injuries in 2020 that we don't know about. I personally... Think that, it, you know, if it's the Bills or the Steelers or even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, drafting Travis Etienne will happen in the first uh, 34 picks.
0: You mentioned the worst offensive line. He also put on 15 pounds. He might have been one of the guys, you know, clums out a big time COVID outbreak before yeah. the season started. Could be a bunch of factors. I hope we see the best version of ETN coming out, but just realize people, he did not look like the same explosive guy in 2020 as he did previously. Hopefully hopefully he does land on a spot that brings that side back out of him. And George, bringing into our next question, it sounds like Devontae Williams at plus 400 could be the pick here for first running back off the board. I don't know why there's such a big disparity between Najee Harris at minus 150, etn at plus 150, and Javante again, all the way down there at plus 400. Like, even if you really believe Najee is the best player, like we just saw Clyde Edwards helaire go ahead of Jonathan Taylor among another, you know, plethora of uh, you know, really good backs.
1: So, Javante plus 400, you buying in? I am. Here's another guy that put on 15 pounds, uh, <laughs> did so over the last couple of years, but. He broke more tackles than any other running back uh, last season. And that was with a limited sample size. And I actually see that as a strength. So people go like, oh, well, he doesn't have, he had 157 attempts last year, 165 the year before, 43 the year before. And people act like this is a problem. No, 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 no. I don't think people understand. You actually want less tread on the tires with running backs. Like I can tell whether a guy is elusive and fast without seeing him do it 400 times a season. I don't know if people get that, but that's like super obvious. So I actually think it's a downgrade to have someone that comes in in the rookie contract, which is when you get value, if you get value from running backs, you're not wanting to sign these guys to a second deal. You want them fresh throughout that deal. So Javante Williams, to me, it's easy. He's the most elusive. It's the most, that is the most, Um, consistent transition point, or I'm using the weird language here, but it's the most consistent data point from college to pro. Like a guy that's elusive in college is you feel pretty confident. He's going to be elusive in the pros. And I I think um, Mike Renner talked about the Alvin Kamara comparison from a playing style, which I think makes a ton of sense. And I think people should look at Alvin Kamara and go, Oh yeah, I'd love to have a guy like that. Not saying he'll be that good, but that's the type of guy you're getting here. And I think the similarity is interesting in that Alvin Kamara, also a guy that did not have a ton of tread on the tires in college, didn't seem to matter. And he's been pretty damn durable in the pros. I would I, look, I bet that Javante Williams at eight to one. I, if I had to right now, I would certainly bet him at four to one. I think, regardless, he's a guy that I'm owning on my fantasy team, yeah. pending he's not in a terrible situation. Yeah, that eight to one number you got certainly looking uh, pretty good now. And you got to bet these early. Yeah, for
0: sure. I haven't heard this argument yet, but you know, before Javante David Montgomery was kind of the poster child for just racking up explosive tackles in college and look people, I know he was disappointing for the first part of his rookie year but he really came on very well last year. He was at the top of the league in terms of broken tackles. Everyone said, great, he doesn't have any explosiveness. Well, he didn't break big runs until he got the holes to and then he was rushing for, you know, 50. I think he had like an 80 yard touchdown against the Texans uh, down the way. So, you know, Montgomery Cam Akers, Miles Sanders, Jonathan taylor like the list goes on and on of rookie running backs that struggle a little bit out of the gate and improve as time goes on like don't let david montgomery shift your opinion on javante williams who 76 broken tackles and 157 carries breaking tackles for lack of a better word is good for running backs don't let you know uh again recent story of montgomery who has been good uh dissuade you from that uh now moving on to wide receiver here George, we're recording this on Thursday. On Wednesday, man, Devontae Smith and his weight was just all over Twitter. Um, I tried to, I, I tried my hand with a little Photoshop where I just was like, you know, some guys are too thin, and I just kind of pretty much dragged it over. And the amount of people that just still didn't get it just is incredible to me, but that is Twitter in a nutshell. Anyway, his over-under rests at half, slight minus 130 lean on the over. Do you see the Heisman winner making it past the Giants at pick number 11?
1: I kind of do. Um... And I don't, I personally, it's not what I would do. Um, I think I would probably select him in the top 11. Eric and I will do our second iteration of the, the mock that all mockers love to mock because we, uh, we don't go by conventional wisdom and, and value receivers fairly uh, high relative to common consensus. But if you look right now at the markets, Jalen Waddle has become an increasingly heavy favorite to go before him. I believe that Jalen Waddle will go before him. Um, and then you look at some of these teams, nine, 10, 11 12, have needs at corner, could have needs at tackle. Um, I think Micah Parsons squeaks his way and you know into the top 12-ish, maybe, because a team goes, Oh, you know, we need we need muscle and grit on the defensive side of the ball. And that leaves poor skinny Devontae Smith um out in the cold. I actually really like t- him going 12 to the Eagles. Um, I know that Nick Siriani. Is over there playing rock paper scissors with words that are coming out of his mouth, and that's a tough thing to watch. It's it's honestly hard to watch, um, and you know Eagles fans have done nothing to deserve that because they've been saints for the entirety of their um, their lives. But I think Devontae Williams would be sweet with the Eagles. You know they took Rager last year. Everyone goes, oh he was a bust. Okay, well that team was a dumpster fire last year. Let's Devontae Smith to me is the perfect pair. Like he's 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 fast. He's not slow by any stretch of the imagination but he's a technician. He can be your number one guy. Rager can be more of your, not gadget, but like specialty player. Um, I think that's what Jalen Hurts deserves, whether he'll get it or not. I don't know. So I would lean, I would probably also lean over. I think if I'm betting this though, you're getting about the same odds with Waddle versus Smith, which one to go first. And so I would probably bet Waddle to go first over Smith. R- rather than taking the Smith over under.
0: Yeah. My first note here is like, I'm just surprised it's at 11 and a half at the Eagles next up. I don't think the giants need to take a receiver right here. They Agreed. just, they just spent the mortgage on Kenny Galladay. I think Sterling Shepard is good. I think Darius Slayton as your number three, is fine. They even added a uh, John Ross. That was one of the first ones. So they, you know, nothing about the Giants last year really said they're one wide receiver away, but they added that wide receiver already seemingly with Kenny Galday George, that takes us right into the next thing. Uh, you know, what are the Eagles going to do at 12? And yeah, I think Devontae Smith makes a lot of sense. He's sitting there at plus 300. We also have Patrick Sortana plus 300. Jalen Waddle plus 500. It just seems like the odds on this proper are a little bit off because yeah, Waddle seemingly will go first. I mean, the amount of Tyreek Hill comps we've gotten for this guy That's is nauseating ridiculous. at this point. Smith to the Eagles at plus 300, man, makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and I like your point about the Giants not necessarily needing a wide receiver. That's definitely what Gettleman is thinking, I, 100%. You know, yeah. what do I need what another wide receiver for? I need another defensive tackle. Um, well, I would argue if you're going to go in on, on Daniel Jones, you better, know, you better not have any excuses. So I, I could consider, I personally could consider one for the Giants, but I'm with you in that probably being too high. I like Smith three to one. I don't mind Waddle five to one. The first wide receiver taken last year, Henry Ruggs, right? Everyone's like, oh, you know, would he go? Would he go top five, top seven, or the Cardinals take him? And it's like all of a sudden he's sitting there at 10, 11, 12, and the Raiders pick him up. And so people probably get too excited about wide receivers relative to the league. I would probably. Put a little change on Waddle at five to one, knowing that some of these teams will galaxy brain themselves into more physically impressive, bigger players earlier on. And then that, that's not a bad one for the Eagles either. You know, I think he's more similar to, um, to Rager, obviously because of the speed, but dude, watch this guy play. I mean, he's not by no means a one trick pony. The dude is incredible. Just give me someone in Philly. You guys lost d and
0: Alshon's corpses already. We can't just come back with Rager Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham. Hopefully, the, the, at some point, up, Zach Ertz is traded.
1: The, well, we can, o- we can only hope. I don't know <laughs> what you'd get for him. I mean, is there a team out there offering? No, Kim, a, just yeah, get him away so we can have Dallas Goddard. That's all I want. A cheese whiz, uh, extra <laughs> cheese. Um, the, the interesting thing about the Eagles is I have this sneaking suspicion that last year may color their draft this year, and we see them take like a, the third tackle off the board or something.
0: Another Derek Barnett, you know, just edge rusher,
1: potential sounding. Jason Owe, yeah.
0: Same thing with the Packers. We can dream, but uh, at the end of the day, gun to your head probably will not be taking a wide receiver. We shall see, Uh, George. Haven't talked a ton of defense because there's just not many guys that are expected to be going all that highly. With that said, top 10 among defenders, Patrick Sertan, number one at minus 200. Uh, Parsons at plus 110, Horn at plus 100. Do you see one of these guys going top three and do you have maybe a potential
1: landing spot you like for the first defender off the board? I kind of like Parsons here. And this is more about what I believe the NFL believes which is, you know, it's just hard to find, like, physical specimens. And, um, you know, we tend to undervalue relative to the market linebackers or relative to the NFL linebackers. So um, I I wouldn't take Sertan at minus 200. I think corner is such a crapshoot in terms of what teams value at corner. You know, like, you know, the Falcons loved A.J. Terrell. And it was like, okay, a lot of teams were like, I wouldn't have touched him in the first round. You know, it's it's kind of a – uh, eye of the beholder thing whereas I think every eye at least sees the same Micah Parsons um, so that would be a guy that I would probably take um, to be first defender taken I see Parsons prop right now is 13 and a half yeah. but it's juiced towards the under probably closer to like 12 and a half um, you look at you look at the Panthers the Lions are such a funny one man I just feel like That'd be Lions perfect. taking my, Micah Parsons. It's so perfect. It's so perfect with Dan Campbell. It's just it. It fit Trey Lance is sitting there. They go, ah, we actually really like Jared Goff. He's <laughs> a guy that's going to bite kneecaps off. And Micah Parsons is there.
0: Any concerns about the off the field stuff? I just saw Mike Renner's tweet from yesterday. Mm-hmm. I won't get into specifics. They are individual allegations and stuff. So I don't want to you know say anything that didn't actually happen. But the you know. If it was higher than 13 and a half, I would think maybe there could be some value in like a free fall. You know, we saw it happen with mm. Ruben Foster and others, but that 13 and a half almost seems like that's already kind of being put into it because as, as much as the top, you know, six teams, we kind of know what's going to go on there. Like there are going to be defenders going, and it's tough to really make a top three top defenders, even with you no know, having this in mind that doesn't include Parsons.
1: It, that is a really good point. And look, Sertan is great. JC Horn is also incredible and you know if you look at those two players is there really that big of a disparity between them I would argue no um you know both sons of of NFL players I the the, there is a team that certainly or multiple teams that will not touch Parsons and whether he has if there is a coach that will be convinced by Micah Parsons having turned his life around is Dan Campbell yeah there we go Bite those kneecaps George Fantastic stuff. Last thing,
0: your absolute favorite can't miss draft prop that you love this year.
1: Okay. Um, it was obviously Mac Jones under 18 and a half when it dropped. Just a reminder to get these early. Come listen to the PFF forecast. We'll talk about them from the very second they drop. As we're sitting here right now, though, the syndicate is moving on to trade lanes. Okay. Um, this evening, you know, I don't know when this pod will get up, but this evening of the 22nd of April. Um, my syndicate co-chairman and I, Eric Eager will be making an investment in Trey Lance at plus three fifty to go to the 49ers. Um, it's anyone but Mac at this point, Ian. So I will be the owner on Thursday. I will need life support potentially just about an hour into the draft, uh, the draft show on pff.com because if the Niners take Mac Jones, my wallet will be lighter. My heart (laughs) will stop beating. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be something to behold.
0: People, there's no reason not to tune in to PFF Draft Show. Just to see George and Eric's reaction to pick number three alone. Again, we're kicking off at 7 p.m. on Thursday, April 29th. We'll also be there Friday, rounds 2 two through 3 at 6. Saturday, rounds 4 through 7, 11 a.m. And Sunday with a draft recap at noon. I will be there giving my just full-on fantasy thoughts for every single piece of news. Of course, George, Austin, Mike, plenty of PFF talent. Maybe even Chris Collinsworth appearance. Uh, rumor is, well. rumor
1: is he'll be there.
0: Rumor has it. George, great stuff. People can find you on Twitter at PFF underscore George. Uh, again, co-host of the PFF Forecast. Any final thoughts?
1: I can't wait. I just can't wait. It's been so long. Uh, it'll be good to see you again. Uh, yes, sir. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward. I am a, a year-round fantasy player. So if you don't think that my eye is on these quarterbacks and running backs, uh, you're wrong. This is going to be a lot of fun, man. Thank you for having me, brother
0: yeah man let's get these rosters set and i look forward to getting some rubies uh, with the gang next week oh, yeah that's gonna do it everybody he's george i mean this has been the pff fantasy football podcast and until next time take care everybody